Hey folks, we are here live at Jamstack Conf in uh, San Francisco. I almost said Salt Lake City. <laughs> uh, that's where I'm going Friday night. I'm going back home. We're here with Mandy Michael. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood and I just launched my book, Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. You just spoke, right? I did, yeah. I spoke about variable fonts and responsive typography. Oh, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not something I really think about when I'm thinking about making things mobile-friendly, right? It's just like cram everything onto the page in the right size so you don't have to scroll left, right? Actually, one of the things that I talk about with the um, variable fonts is that... Do you know much about variable fonts? Nope. Okay, so a variable font is... It's one font file that has multiple style variations in uh -huh. it, so it might be like all of the weights of a font right. can also have all of the, the width, like condensed uh -huh. or, or wide. So when you use a variable font, you get these interpolated values so you can like transition and animate between things. Okay. But it also means that when you're making a responsive website, if the viewport is getting smaller, you can just like squish it in a little bit mm -hmm. so you don't have to have things stacking or wrapping right. where you don't want them to and you can kind of fit to width. Oh, nice. Um, which is kind of a difficult thing for us to do with normal fonts at the moment because it, it's a bit janky and mm -hmm. it feels really clunky. But variable fonts take away all the jank and just make it really smooth and feel really natural. So they're really, really awesome when you're creating responsive websites. And I, I talked, that was one of the things I talked about. Do you know the CSS is awesome meme where awesome flows out of the box? Uh -uh. It's like a classic CSS joke right. about how CSS is awesome, but it doesn't fit in the box. Um, uh -huh. With variable fonts, you can just like squish that in so it right. all fits. It's awesome. So what makes a font a variable font? So they're specifically made, like it's a it's an open type specification. They, you know, OTF, TrueType, WAF2, all those formats are still, still valid, but they're specifically made um, using this new specification. Okay. Um, so whoever makes the font has to make it have the axes and create the interpolation, and then you know you, you provide them. So it, it's not like you can convert a font to a variable uh -huh. font. You actually have to make it that way. I gotcha. So let's say that I find a variable font that I want to use. Do I just include it on my website the same way I do the other ones? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's totally exactly the same. You still use font face, but... The way that you define variations for descriptors, like font weight or font stretch, that's slightly different. So at the moment, you would do a different font face block for each different style. With a variable font, you can just define a range. So you can say, my font weight is 200 to 900. Right. And then you can access all of the values between 200 and 900, including decimal places. And that's how you get the, the smooth transitions if you want to. So it's really similar, just a slight difference. Google Fonts supports them as well. They've got a new API that they released about a month ago. Okay. And that allows you to specify access value groups in uh, variable fonts. Uh-huh. So they've got like a handful of fonts you can use. So yeah, it's pretty similar. It doesn't change very much, which I think is a really powerful design of the specification. Gotcha. I think Matt said yesterday they want to make you know, developer experience easier so uh -huh. people can focus on the users. Right. And I think the way variable fonts have been implemented do that. Like, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about the technical implementation. Right. You can just focus on how you can use it and make things better for people that are using your sites. Very cool. So, I mean, is that it? Is that all I have to know is just, oh, go find a variable font and then I can 
squish things in or stretch them out to make them fit? I mean, yeah, you can do that kind of stuff, but also um, one of the things that I like to do, because I'm not, like, I don't make fonts. I'm right. not a web typography expert. I just like to play with things. Uh -huh. So I like to hook them into different browser sensors like okay. ambient light or device orientation and then control oh, okay. the fonts based on those inputs. Oh, I gotcha. Or scroll mm -hmm. or mouse position because that allows you to create these really engaging interactive experiences like one of the demos I showed was using speech recognition mm -hmm. and there's a dragon and he breathes fire and you say a word like fire and he'll breathe text and it'll say fire oh, and cool. it'll be like flaming animated text. Nice. Or like there's another one that uses the web audio API where it listens to the volume of my voice input and the font will change depending on how oh, okay. loud I am. So because you have that interpolation and you can create those transitions and animations, it means that you can create more interesting experiences and you can fine tune things or change it based right. on different environments and inputs. Uh, and to me, that is really, really exciting. Creating custom interactive experiences based on a user's situation, mm -hmm. that's something that we're only really starting to get to do now. Right. Another one that I like, do you mind if I tell you some more? Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, so there's another one that's uh, the ambient light sensor. Um, so you know on your phone when you're in a low light environment uh -huh. and it dims? Right. You can use the ambient light sensor on your laptop or your phone to change like the weight or style of the font depending mm -hmm. on how dark or, or bright it is. So from a practical perspective, if you're going to try and improve contrast, you can make the weight a bit heavier in low right. light environments so it's more legible and more readable. Oh, nice. Or, which is what I like to do, you could change the whole mood and experience of your website mm -hmm. based on if it was really dark, maybe like one of my examples, the text like oozes because it's like slime. Right. So you could make like a scary mood and a really fun and bright oh, nice. mood and you can do like uh -huh. fun and interactive things with like games and storytelling. And I love the idea of being able to change the experience of your site based on right. specific individual user circumstances. I think that's really fun and really exciting. So those are the kind yeah. of things that I do. No, that's awesome. And I, I love the idea. We, we had a conversation a month or two ago on JavaScript Jabber, and we were talking about essentially what, what is JavaScript, right? One of our panelists, Amy Knight, she basically said, well, JavaScript for me is the way I tell stories. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is just another aspect of that, right, where it's, it's not necessarily then the story of how somebody gets a particular thing done, but it's it's the feel, it's the it's the flavor of your site. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, at the moment when we do that stuff, it's usually like illustrations or stuff like that because doing that with text outside of uh, SVG is pretty much impossible right. with a standard font. So variable fonts allow us to bring all of that experience mm -hmm. and that storytelling in with the actual text, which is often what we're actually using to tell right. stories. Like all of our sites mm -hmm. use text to convey meaning. Right. And we can't do that as effectively at the moment because the fonts are so static and, and right. not very dynamic. But now with variable fonts, you, you can have that and you can create those beautiful experiences with JavaScript, with CSS. I um, mean, I just think that's really fun and, yep. and really exciting. And I think I said at the end of my talk, we're in a really good place right now with JavaScript and mm -hmm. CSS to create really amazing things. Right. And I just want to see people do that, you know, and experiment yep. and have fun and, and tell good stories and create good experiences, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and I love all the fun examples you gave, but even for the sort of 
regular business use that, you know, maybe it wouldn't be appropriate to make it ripped, <laughs> right? You know, you, you can still create the legibility, the readability, the flow of the website and things like that and manage it. You did mention that, you know, you, you worked on like orientation and things like that. Were those just media queries or? Uh, no. So, um, you know how phones have like a gyroscope? Uh-huh. So, I use JavaScript to get the device position. So, the oh, device okay. orientation has like three different uh, axes. Right. And you can hook into those and then you just pass that data, do a little bit of JavaScript and mm-hmm. um, you can interact with the fonts based on that I position. Gotcha. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So... If you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. You have to request permission to get that? Only on iOS 13. Okay. Um, so on Android, it works fine. On iOS 13, there's you have to request permission now, but it's kind of like with webcam or right. audio. It pops up with a little thing, yeah. and you just go, yep. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of a pain because it would be nice if it just kind of worked. Mm-hmm. And it used to work. When right. I actually made most of my demos, you didn't need to request permission. <laughs> um, and then I made one about a month ago. Right. And when I released it, because I have an older iPhone, mm-hmm. it works fine. Right. But anyone who had iOS 13 was like, this doesn't work. I was like, ugh. Surprise. I got to gotta add a button for, for the iOS 13 people so they can see the effect. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the security on some of the stuff requires permission. Um, yeah. But, but I, you know, I think there are ways around that. I, I don't, wouldn't want people to not experiment and have fun with it just because of that. I think right. People are pretty used to that with microphones and, mm-hmm. and webcams and stuff like that. Yeah. It's fun. Cool. So are there things that you're trying to do with it now that you haven't quite gotten to work? Yeah. So the web audio stuff, what I really want to do is hook in speech recognition to web audio Mm -hmm. so that when you speak, it will interpret like the volume or the pitch or the tone so that you can change the speech to text. Mm -hmm. So instead of just having text that all looks the same, I want it to try and convey some of the intent and volume um, and meaning behind my words. But combining speech recognition and web audio doesn't work very well. Um, Speech Mm -hmm. recognition is still really new. Um, Chrome has it. Firefox will have it, I think, at the end of the month. But they don't align and there's no, like, audio data from speech recognition. So trying to get them to align is quite tricky. I'm thinking maybe I could use, like, machine learning or something instead. That's what I'm going to try next, to try and use machine learning to listen to what I'm saying and try and um, represent my text, Mm -hmm. speech to text, in in a more meaningful way. Because I think... You know, with Google Home and Alexa and people using voice interfaces a lot more, it would be great if you didn't lose all of that meaning that people mm-hmm. push through with their voice. I, I'd love to be able to represent that. And variable fonts enable that. It's just the technology to detect it does, isn't really there. Right. 
well they'll, they'll get that figured out on Alexa and then they're gonna think I'm a I'm an angry person because <laughs> I'm always like shut up <laughs> <laughs> well I mean maybe you want people to know that that you're uh, you know you want people to know yeah. that you're upset or, or angry or happy or yeah. excited no, my, my kids play music on it all the time and I was like you know after like the sixth time of turning off the noise right I'm like <laughs> <laughs> well you know kids gonna kid right yeah 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 they're gonna yeah. gonna have fun with that but I mean I think it I think but, that yeah. kind of stuff would be fun and you know we get new APIs and, and stuff all the time so I, I just like playing with sensors yeah. and input from the user yeah. and the environment like, I think that's yeah that's well, exciting and my kids would love that where we're talking in funny yeah. way right and have it change the shape of the font yeah. or the color of the font and exactly. the size of the font yeah exactly. they'd sit there all day and just watch it do weird yeah, stuff in front of them totally and that's what I think is fun about it because you know I, I don't know if you've heard some of the people talk about how the web is dying and it's all about apps but I feel like it doesn't need to be like that sometimes I think we forget about um, all of the fun things that mm -hmm. we can do on the web and maybe you know rather than just creating all of these games and experiences uh -huh. in apps and consoles and stuff use the web for that fun yeah. stuff again like we did in the early days when mm -hmm. we were experimenting and javascript gives us so much cool stuff that we can yep. play with now i just don't understand why more people aren't creating these yeah well fun things and I, I think i've heard the sentiment that the web is dying but i look at it and I, I don't know if i agree with that sentiment so much it's just that we have so many more capabilities now with the devices that we use to connect to it. Totally. That is changing, right? So yeah. it's, it's not the same as what we were doing 10 years ago or yeah, even five absolutely. years ago. And so, yeah, you know, the, these options and just the, the availability of, of what we can do with it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to continue to grow. I and, hope so. And, and this is just one aspect of that. Now, one of my favorite things to talk to speakers about is, you know, you had, what, 25 minutes, 30 minutes to give 30 you a talk? 30 minutes. Yeah. And my experience as a speaker is that I prepare my 30-minute talk, and then I practice it a couple of times, and then I cut 30 minutes out of it so I can make my 30-minute time frame. So what did you drop? What, what did you have to cut out of your talk? Mostly detail. So for this version of the talk, uh, I wanted to be a bit more broad and not get deep into specifics right. of things. Because, yeah, get people out there to try it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, there's a whole... I have a... I could talk for a whole 30 minutes just on mm -hmm. performance with variable fonts. Right. So I cut a whole bunch of stuff on um, specific things you can do with variable fonts to improve performance. Like mm -hmm. um, there's one thing that isn't really a thing at the moment, but I think would be really great is, you know, when uh, you load a font on a website and first it loads like a fallback font, mm -hmm. like Arial, and then right. it like switches and there's like a bit of a jump. Yeah. Everything kind of yeah, yeah, it reflows. Yeah, but that was the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> I, I knew what you were going for, like, totally. I waved my hands in the air and she translated. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was spectacular. Communication, language, yeah. it's amazing. One of the things that I'd love to see is if systems, are like operating systems had a variable font that you could control, like, the width and the, the height and mm -hmm. the size of to match your custom font right. so that when it switched in, there was no reflow and no jank. Right. So you'd still see, like, a bit of a switch with the letters, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't get repainting or anything like that in the browser because it wouldn't change the space that it's taking up. Right. So that, I think, would be really cool. A lot of other performance -y based stuff around font display and variable fonts and right. stuff, but it's not, like... It's very similar to what you do with web fonts at the moment. So I cut that and I had to cut a couple of demos. Like I have one 
with a wizard called mm-hmm. Smello, and he's a grumpy wizard. <laughs> and you do a spell, um, like so, you use the speech recognition, and you say a spell, and he'll write text in the sky, like it'll, mm-hmm. and then it's like all magic and sparkles drop. But he only does it if it's dark enough. So if it's too bright in the room, he'll be like, nah. It's too too light for for magic. I'm only really gonna do this in the dark. Um, but I, but it takes too long to like go through the whole process, so I right. had to cut that. And there's a few other demos that I had to cut. I had to cut the whole detail about the Google Fonts API because just running through that is a right. bit tricky. Um, specifics on how I animated some of the effects that I showed, I had to cut some of that down. So it was really very top level stuff, and I right. didn't go into like specifics on how to build up variable fonts, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Right. So the detail, a little bit of the detail got lost, but I have a website called variablefonts.dev and a lot of that stuff's on there anyway, so people can check that out if they want to. I was going to ask if there was a place where people could see the demos, so yeah. Yeah, well, all the, mm, most of the demos are up on CodePen. There's a couple that I can't because of font licensing, so... I gotcha. Because I play a lot with them and I make a bunch of demos sometimes um, font foundries will send me a font and I can like make a demo for them and put it in my talks right. but because of the licensing issues like I can't right. show them publicly some of them I will put up on my website because I can restrict it to the domain but mm-hmm. I can't put it on CodePen because right. you know it's a more public thing but yeah pretty much all of the demos are up on CodePen so people can go and check them out there's like a collection called Variable Font Experiments mm-hmm. and they're all in there and I just keep adding to it over time. Right. Which is fun. Cool. One of my favorite communities to get involved with these days is the Angular community. There are so many great people there. We've had a lot of them on Adventures in Angular over the last several years. And I really wanted to just highlight people and give you a chance to get to know the flavor and the feel of being around some of these awesome people. We've talked to people on the Angular core team. We've talked to people who have organized the conferences. We've talked to some of the co-hosts that I've had on Adventures in Angular. Nowadays, Aaron Frost is running the show and he's doing the same thing. Typically, he's been doing it at conferences lately, which is a lot of fun. But you get to hear what these people are about and why they care and how they get involved with other people in the Angular community. So if you're looking for that connection in the Angular community and a way to really understand the people who are involved in the Angular community, then go check out My Angular Story. You can find it at myangularstory.com. So if people want to uh, get in touch with you or follow you on the web, is there a good place to do that? Twitter is probably the best place to get in touch with me. I don't I don't really email or right. like LinkedIn or any of that kind of stuff. Really, Twitter is where I'm at. My Twitter is unfortunately not Mandy Michael. It's Mandy underscore Kerr. People can come and find me there. And most of the time I respond to DMs, like if I see them. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, people can tweet at me. You can also right. message me on CodePen, but... I'm less likely to see that. Right. Twitter's really where it's at for me. Right. I love Twitter. Can, can you spell that for us? M-A-N-D-Y uh-huh. underscore K-E-R-R. Okay. Yeah. I'm dressed as Batgirl, so I'm really easy to find. Oh, nice. Yeah. I love Batman. <laughs> um, it's legit me dressed as Batgirl on my Twitter profile. Nice. Um, except for on October 31st. On that day, I change it to be normal professional Mandy because it's Halloween and I've got right. to like, you know. Your alter ego. Yeah, my yeah. alter ego comes out. So yeah, should be easy to find except on that day. Good deal. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for coming and, and talking through this with us. It, it's really cool. It's something I want to go play with now. So. Yeah, awesome. Um, thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, no problem. Cool. All right, thank you. Thanks. <laughs>
Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. <laughs>